Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are, yeah. Welcome, welcome once again to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Yes. Speaking of yes, great interview with Daniel Bryan last week on the podcast. If you missed it, go back and download it. If not, you got to see it for yourself. Go to youtube.com slash notsam and notsam.com. You can watch the entire Daniel Bryan interview for yourself. Uh, It's filmed. There's a couple different camera angles. It's great. Go check it out. And Daniel Bryan was just a, a, an incredible guest. Katie Linendahl is going to be back with us this week on the State of Wrestling. Of course, we'll get these plugs out of the way. If you want to support Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and I would hope at this point you do, as much as we do for you, you know what I mean? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. And you can get yourself a Not Sam uh, a Not Sam t-shirt, a What's the Haps t-shirt, a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, whatever you need, a Not Sam Mode. That's what I was going for earlier, t-shirt. All available now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Uh, this podcast this week is going to be a special one. I think there have been a few too many instances lately, but the instances are still rare when we lose... Uh, a wrestler that is not only one of the best of all time, but is just beyond influential. And when you say ahead of their time, you you mean it more than maybe anyone. And two of those guys are the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, who we paid tribute to uh, the week that he passed away with the help of Corey Graves. And this week... Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper, to lose Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper within a couple of months of each other, over the both over the summer, is insane. I mean, it is the the loss that that brings to the wrestling community uh, can't be understated. I think, well, it remains to be seen what WWE does to really celebrate the life of Roddy Piper. We saw this week on Raw that uh, Roddy Piper was remembered, I think, very, very well with the superstars wearing Hot Rod t-shirts, with the video packages. I think they did a really good job. I do wonder, because WWE and Roddy Piper were not always on the same page, though they very often were, uh, and because he wasn't actively working with the company, if they will make as big a deal about his passing as they did Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes' passing was a huge, huge deal, not only because of what he accomplished in wrestling, uh, but also the influence that he had over the young talent. And when I say that, I mean teaching the young talent. You know, he was actively teaching the NXT talent promos and wrestling and psychology and all this stuff that he did so well. Piper, on the other hand, was not teaching, uh, but he did teach through his performance. There's no doubt about it that anyone who has ever wanted to be a bad guy wrestler, anybody who is not six foot six or taller, anybody who is under 240 pounds, all were influenced at some point or another. Anybody really under the age of 30, 
over the age of 30, I should say, was almost certainly influenced by the hot rod, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Uh, He was the first guy who, even though he wasn't an average size guy, he was a big guy, you know, in, in, in colloquial terms, he was a big guy. In terms of a guy that you would meet on the street, he was a big guy. But in terms of a wrestling locker room in the mid to late 80s, or early to mid 80s, he was not a big guy. He was an average size guy. He was an average size guy, um, but he came on so strong and so undeniably that there was no stopping him. He was Daniel Bryan before there was a Daniel Bryan. He was this guy, and not that he had this underdog thing going for him, but he was the atypical performer aesthetically. He did not look like the other guys looked. Even the villains, they all uh, had, you know, crazy outfits. They looked like monsters. They were they were the things that were in your nightmares. Whereas Rowdy Roddy Piper just was a guy with nothing left to lose. He was a guy that came to the ring with victory being the only thing on his mind. All he wanted to do was cause pain to his opponents, and he had nothing left to lose. He didn't care about the fans. He didn't care about his loved ones. He was there to inflict bodily harm. And that's exactly what he did night in and night out. And he made you believe it. That is a huge difference. And that's something that I think is lacking quite a bit these days. The idea of believing it. When you watched Piper perform, you believed it. And yeah, was that more typical to the time that he was performing in? Maybe. But it doesn't take away from what Piper was doing. It doesn't take anything away from it. Roddy Piper gave you a reason to hate him. And, you know, that's a very difficult thing to do. Not many people do that and do it effectively. Psychologically, when you're in front of a crowd like that, there's always going to be something that gets you off on hearing their cheers. You're always going to want to hear their cheers. And while Roddy Piper, you know, he did make an effective good guy, as a villain, there was maybe nobody better. He turned that microphone into something that it had never been used for. He might have been the first bad guy to really talk people into buildings. I mean, the things that he would say and the way that he would say them, it was as if he had no regard for anything. He was he was so deep, if you want to call it a character, he was so deep into his character that there was, quite frankly, no stopping him. Um, I think that he helped build Hulkamania. I don't think you could deny that. That without a Roddy Piper uh, uh, as 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 a villain, Hulk Hogan could not have been the hero that he was. And you looked at that team, and you had your you had Cowboy Bob or Orton, you had Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff, but nobody. Nobody and and Bob Orton and Paul Orndorff are two of the best performers of that era. And nobody, nobody struck a chord the way Rowdy Roddy Piper did to the point where you could have him come out now. If he were still with us, he could come out into an arena now and people would instantly know who he was. This was a guy who came and went so often. You know, he had his first retirement match at WrestleMania three. And he came back after that. And he came back after that. He came back to commentary at one point. And the fans never, never faulted Roddy for leaving and coming back. They wanted more Hot Rod. 
They wanted more Rowdy Roddy Piper, and that's when you know you've really hit on something. When you can retire multiple times and not have fans upset with you just because they're that happy to see you, I mean, that doesn't happen. That really never happens. There was no resentment for the idea that he had taken us on this emotional journey and now he was back. None. None. You know, he beat Adrian Adonis. We thought that was the end of it. It wasn't. You know, he comes back. He has his run with Bad News Brown. He comes to the ring with half of his body dressed in blackface. No other good guy could get away with that and still be a good guy, but he did. He absolutely did. Without question. Uh, And then he comes back again. On commentary, he was great. And, And that was a little more difficult. To take his personality... And have him be a commentator on the side of the good guys. Yet somebody as strong as Bobby the Brain Heenan on the other side of things. Advocating for the villains at the time. To have the Hot Rod come in and be a good guy commentator. Most people would fail at that mission. Most people would not get that job done. Rowdy Roddy Piper got the job done every time. And he was so good that he ended up back in the ring. And people were convinced he could still do it. And he did. I mean, how many people could retire, what was it, three times, show up at WrestleMania 8 and have one of the best matches of their career? Go back and watch the WrestleMania 8 match between Bret the Hitman Hart and the Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper. Go back and watch that. Rowdy Roddy Piper was a guy who main evented WrestleMania 1. Go Seven years into the future, and you tell me you can't argue that that WrestleMania match was not one of the best of his career. Not only that, but the story was a convoluted, complicated story. You're talking about uh, uh, two good guys that are wrestling. Bret Hart needs to come out of that match looking like a hero. They have family ties. The whole thing got weird. But Roddy Piper, and Bret Hart, of course, too, but Piper made it work. Watch the promo. Go on to the WWE Network and watch the WrestleMania 8 promo between Bret Hart and Roddy Piper. Watch Roddy Piper talk about Bret Hart's mom only putting one piece of bologna on the sandwich. It was great. It was genius stuff. It really was. And it was ahead of his time. Rowdy Roddy Piper was way, way ahead of his time. Going in to the rock and wrestling era and being the number one villain. Piper's told this story many times. Piper's in a ring with Mr. T. I'll tell you something. Most of the time, I've interacted with plenty of celebrities in my day. And I've seen it happen over and over again. Maybe I've been, I've fallen victim to it. I don't know. But when there's a celebrity around, a perceived celebrity, I should say, people want to be around that guy. People want that guy to like them. People want to be, they want to be in with him. That's why all these celebrities have entourages. Rowdy Roddy Piper has a match with Mr. T at WrestleMania. And he's so protecting the business and protecting his character is so paramount to him that he is willing to fight Mr. T for real to make sure that Mr. T does not go out there and make him look bad. I don't that psychology doesn't exist. For better or worse, that psychology doesn't even exist in pro wrestling anymore. It really doesn't. Without Roddy Piper, you don't have guys like CM Punk. You don't have any of these guys. Average size guys that can use their mouth 
to get a reaction out of you. Don't go. Don't, I'm trying to have a tribute to Roddy Piper right now. Don't go disgusting with me on that. Get your mind out of the gutter. That can talk you into hating them. You know how difficult that is? When somebody is good on the microphone, all you want to do is cheer them. You can only be a bad guy for so long if you're that good on the microphone. And Piper was just good at, 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 at moving with it and, and consistently giving you reasons to hate him. Just when you thought, oh, he's not such a bad guy. Oh, yes, he is a bad guy. Yes, he is. You know, he's bringing jobbers on Piper's Pit and making fun of them. That's what Piper's Pit was originally. Before Snooka, he would just bring jobbers on and make fun of them. You know how funny that is? You know what a brilliant idea that is in that time? To bring enhancement talent onto your interview show and make fun of them? The idea of the interview show being the attraction of the show didn't exist before Piper. I mean, you can't downplay how important this dude is. People would tune in to WWF at the time, TV, because they heard there was going to be a Piper's Pit. When did that ever happen again? And you don't even have to. It's not even a shot at The Miz and what goes on now. It's literally never happened. I don't care if it's the Heartbreak Hotel. Go through history. I don't care if it's uh, Brother Love. People were not tuning in. Uh, Brother Love was great. But people were not tuning in just to see Brother Love show. People were tuning in just to see Piper's Pit. You know, Hulk Hogan has wrestled a lot of guys. There have been a lot of villains put in front of Hulk Hogan. Not all of them have become household names. Rowdy Roddy Piper, his name reached the level. He reached Hulk Hogan status. People knew you don't have to know wrestling to know who Rowdy Roddy Piper is. For them to then go on and make films like They Live, which is a classic. I mean, quite frankly, I even love Body Slam. But They Live is a universal classic. People love that movie. And it's Piper, man. It's Piper. He had an electricity about him uh, that went fairly unmatched. Now, I got a chance to interview Rowdy Roddy Piper, I think twice, but one real sit down with him and it would only last about five minutes it was at uh the legends house premiere of course rowdy roddy piper was a big part of the legends house series on wwe network now they had this show in the can for something like two years the minute they announced they were doing a network they put the money forward and they filmed a reality show with these legends it was years later before the network actually came to fruition but they had this show in the can so they put it on So they throw together a press event uh, that has the cast of Legends House all together. And uh, uh, Piper's there, Tony Atlas is there, Howard Finkel, Hillbilly Jim. And they're all together with some members of the press, like yours truly. And we're all watching the first episode of Legends House. None of them had seen it before, I guess. And Piper hadn't seen it before either. Uh, There's an interesting moment on the show when at the beginning... Piper does not seem at all happy to be there. He doesn't like the idea of having a roommate. Uh, He ends up walking out of the house and wandering around the street. Uh, I only had five minutes with Piper. I wanted to talk about the show because there is so much in his career to get into. If you only have five minutes, where where do you begin? Where do you end? You know, I could talk to him for half an hour about his feud with Ric Flair in WWF. How Ric Flair came in. 
And this dream match that they wanted to build with Hulk Hogan wasn't working out. So they had Ric Flair going town to town wrestling amazing matches with Roddy Piper. Who doesn't remember that? If you were watching WWF in 92-ish, 91, 92, you tell me you don't remember all the Roddy Piper-Ric Flair matches. Roddy Piper brought Ric Flair into the WWF fold, really. I didn't know who Ric Flair was. I was an idiot when I was a kid. I didn't know anything about WCW or NWA. I did not know who Ric Flair was until he showed up on WWF TV, and it gave him legitimacy that he was in a feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's true. That's true. People, That one people might call me crazy for, but that's true. If you lived my experience, and I think a lot of people did. If you were, you know, eight years old when Ric Flair shows up, and you haven't watched any WCW, you don't know who this guy is, to watch him in there with Roddy Piper was like, oh, okay, this is a serious guy. I got to pay attention to the real world champion. So I got the opportunity to uh, talk to a bunch of people at this Legends House thing, and Roddy Piper was one of them. I almost missed him. He was on his way out, and I talked to uh, publicist extraordinaire Joe Villa, and I said, Joe, like, you know, can I get a, I got to get a couple minutes with Piper. Piper's the guy. He goes, okay. Piper's car was waiting, excuse me, Piper's car was waiting for him. So I I got him for five minutes and it got it got dark quick, you know. There was a lot to Rowdy Roddy Piper, and it wasn't just this guy that we saw on TV. There was a reason why he was able to perform the way he was able to perform. There was certainly a darkness about the hot rod that uh, I don't think ever, anybody really got the full scope of. Um, but I got the chance to talk to him, and I ended up getting a taste of that within five minutes. So here I wanted to play this for you today is uh, my interview with Rowdy Roddy Piper at the Legends House premiere. Sam Roberts here at the premiere of Legends House with the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hot rod, what's the haps? Oh, I'm a box of fluffy ducks, man. I, uh, first time I've seen the show, uh, the first episode. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, you can see a lot of layers growing because I know what's gone on the past year. See some serious tension going on, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I like. Uh, I'm not sure. I like myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had a you you. It, they're kind of painting you as a bit of a crazy person, kind of wandering <laughs> off. Thank you very much. In my bathrobe, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You wander down the street, and you're. Uh, but it's a plaid bathrobe, so you're still in gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Howard Hughes without the money. <laughs> uh, I would, if I could have gotten a car, I would have been gone. Like I got out of there, I didn't, uh, I didn't like it. I don't like uh, people around me when I'm trying to sleep. And uh, I got out there, but like I made a left turn, a left turn, and I'm in the desert. And I'm going like, Rod, stupid. Where are you going to go? And there's snakes and scorpions. It's a full moon, and I always get in trouble with full moon. And I guess. But you can't turn around and go back. Nah. You just walk down. I guess I just walked down. <laughs> so it was like, you know, okay, here we are. And was it, the, was it the drinking thing that you were trying to avoid, or was it just the whole scene was not, not your scene? I, uh, I don't like um, closing my eyes around people. I have a hard time with that. Um, and uh, the drinking, you know, uh, I don't drink. <laughs> Picked a bad day to quit drinking, I'll tell you. I was <laughs> sure a lot of it. Why, how come you don't close your eyes around people? Um, uh, I left home when I was 13, and when I was 15, I became a pro. Um, I just don't feel safe, I guess. 
grew up the hard way. Didn't mean to. Yeah. Didn't mean to, but, uh, you know, I, I came fifth in the world playing the bagpipes, and so I used to play my bagpipes and get changed. <laughs> um, I, I, it's hard for me. It's just really hard. I would imagine, and, I mean, you're used to uh, crafting stories in wrestling, and you get into a situation where you're in this house and there's just cameras around you, and I don't know if uh, your mind goes to trying to craft a story I don't know, I, because when you're crafting a story, there's, there's, there's time to breathe. Yeah, I see. You know, that's very interesting, crafting a story. Because, you know, like, I'm not a character, so to speak. Uh, again, uh, uh, Kilt, wore a Kilt because I play the bagpipes. My name's Roderick Toombs, but when I came in the ring, nobody knew who I was. And so, short for Roderick is Roddy, they said, here comes Roddy the Piper. I was 167 amateur wrestling champion, gold gloves champion, and turned pro, got the dog beat out of me. So I'm not, you know, if I say something or feel something, it's not always what they call a character. It's more an extension. And not, but sometimes, you know, I can get rolling and, yeah. and be fun or be mean. You know, I can pick those shots. But uh, I'm not necessarily a character. And that's one thing that they do, yeah, that they have in pro wrestling is a lot of characters. So it's difficult. That's why I never hung with anybody, because there was no, there's nothing, there's no communication to be had. Because uh, you're talking to characters and you're, you're a guy. I'm just rot, you know. Yeah. And I try to, I, I like Hogan loves to be Hogan, and it's God bless him. He's got a bag on the side that says Hulkster, and he's got the do rag and flares flare. Woo, you know. Uh, I got jeans and a pair of sunglasses on. You know, I just did it to feed my family, and just. Uh, I'm really proud of these guys. I saw a tremendous amount of courage. I'm really proud of them. No, so I got to let you go. The cars are here. I could literally talk to you for hours. We've, we haven't nice scratched man. the surface. No, you're a nice man. Well, next time you're in New York, we'll do this proper. I'd love that. All right, man. I'd love that. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. You bet. Now, I remember feeling guilty about that and being torn about posting it or not, and I decided to post it because, it, I mean, it was an interview. It was interesting. But... I did feel guilty about the fact that he later, as you know, wrestling websites picked that up. Piper said he didn't. At no point did he not want to do Legends House because that was the story that came out of that. Um, you know, I don't know for sure what Rowdy Roddy Piper had to go through growing up. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he had to do, but. Uh, I do know that there was a lot to him, and I don't even think sitting down with him for an hour would begin to scratch the surface. I mean, he was, and he struck me as one of those guys that you could sit down and he wasn't necessarily working you the whole time. I'm sure some of it he would be, and he was a master of human psychology just because of all the time he spent with uh, pro wrestling, you know, manipulating audiences. Uh, I'm sure there was some of that, but, you know, there's a lot of stories to come out of Rowdy Roddy Piper. His life... You know, I mean, he, he had a podcast, he put a book out, he had all this stuff going on. And I don't think anybody even really scratched the surface of how much was going on with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, I know, you know, in terms of crafting promos, in terms of psychology of matches, in terms of doing everything you could with what you had to offer. And, and, and this is a big and, in terms of maintaining pride, Rowdy Roddy Piper never to my knowledge, 
wanted people taking advantage of him. And I think that that was hit upon in that interview, that he must have had some kind of history with being taken advantage of. So he never really wanted to be taken advantage of. And that probably has a lot to do with the amount of times that he retired. But the fact that he was always true to himself meant that he could always come back. Meant that he could have that match with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8, disappear, come back at WrestleMania 10. And come back to a hero's welcome. Come back at WrestleMania 10. Hero's welcome. Come back, have a match. I mean, I said at WrestleMania 8, he had one of the greatest matches in his career. Go forward to WrestleMania 12. This guy that main evented WrestleMania 1 is still stealing the show in that Hollywood brawl with Goldust. Yeah, it was a brawl. It wasn't necessarily the most technical wrestling match of all time. But that match is a WrestleMania classic. It's on anybody's list of classic WrestleMania matches. And on a on a show that featured on a show that featured the Iron Man match, the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart Iron Man match. For any match to have people to, to remember any match besides that Iron Man match at that WrestleMania is an accomplishment for people to walk out arguing about what their favorite match of the night was when that Iron Man match was on the show is incredible. And that's what Roddy Piper did that far into his career. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you know, Godspeed to Roddy Piper. God bless his entire family. If there's anything you can do to help out his family, please do. I'm sure that, I mean, I would assume that they were shocked by this. He died of a heart attack at the age of 61. So that's not, I don't think that's anything that anybody ever expects. Uh, So if there's anything you can do for him, then uh, go ahead and do that. Um, And, you know, I know he loved his son very much. I saw him in autograph signings. He'd bring his son with him from time to time. Um, And he loved his family. He loved his family. He seemed to, to my knowledge. Uh, but he loved the business and he gave everything he could to the business and, uh, and, and, and we benefited from that. We reaped the reward from that. So thank you. Thank you, Hot Rod, uh, for everything that you did in this world of pro wrestling. Now, let's move on from our tribute. Of course, Katie Linendahl joining me in the state of wrestling this week. Uh, a bunch to talk about. It was a... It was an eventful Raw, I'd say. Maybe not as great as last week's Raw, but still not bad. And definitely eventful. Uh, So a lot to talk about there. Maybe some TNA stuff. I want to at least touch on the fact that uh, 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 what went on with Dana White. I was tweeting Dana White on Saturday night, kind of hoping that I would get into a Twitter fight with him. I didn't end up getting into a Twitter fight with him, but it would have been cool. Uh, So we've got that. Uh, Dana White saying wrestling was fake, of course, was the story there. Uh, so much to get into. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. And you can get yourself a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirt, a Not Sam t-shirt, a Not Sam Mode t-shirt, a la Brie Mode. What's the Haps t-shirt? They're all there. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. Now, let's start the Kate, the Kate of Wrestling. That's what I'm going to name this. Everybody so everybody wants her on the show all the time. The Katie of Wrestling. Let's start the state of wrestling with my guest this week, Katie Lindahl. You know her from uh, today's show, from a bunch of my videos on YouTube. She from this podcast, duh. Uh, but she's got a lot going on. She was out of town for a while. She's back. So let's start the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's state of wrestling. 
Oh, hey. How's that sound? It's beautiful. Welcome to the state of wrestling here on uh, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, of course. Uh, you know what that uh, that sound means. It's, well, it means one of two things. Either it's a Steve Weiser or it's a sugar-free Red Bull. In this case, it is not a Steve Weiser. It is the beverage of choice of one Katie Linendahl, finally back stateside. Welcome yes. back. Yes, and I upgraded to the 12-ouncer. I know. Because I'm exhausted. That's a major... That's a major. I got to mainline that caffeine, Sam Roberts. You do, and I appreciate you doing that. No, uh, I appreciate you having me. I love having you. You went from Hong Kong to... Uh, uh, Malaysia to the Philippines. You just got back, and immediately, like the first tweet I get from you upon <laughs> landing is like, "I got to talk about these referees." Yeah, we're gonna throw some more referees <laughs> under the bus. That's the exact reason that I am here. Well, we were talking about before we get into. Can that, I tell you really quick you too? Because <laughs> you, you have to understand, we don't have any pre-production meetings, as you know. We pre-pre. No. Have, oh, it's right now. This is the meeting. So when I was in, so I had eight flights in four countries and eighty-eight hours in the air. Okay. <sighs> Over the so, course of ten days, yeah. So the best part about it was, so I was shooting and um, I was filming and hosting, okay. And I went to this really small, like really spiritual cathedral in the middle of the Philippines, uh-huh. and they're like, "You can't take any photos." Okay. And I was like, "No problem. Of course, I'm not going to be disrespectful." Good. And the one time in the middle of like kind of nowhere, there's someone in a hustle, loyalty, and respect shirt. No way. Way. No way. And I was like, wee, because I can't take a photo. I didn't want to be rude. And this was what country? This is in the Philippines. So all those people who are wondering why John Cena keeps getting, why do you keep pushing John Cena? Your answer is right there in the holy church. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. In the Philippines. Yeah. And like, I probably would have broke the rules if I was anywhere else. Yeah. But you can't do it in a church, man. No, you can't. I mean, unless you're Vince McMahon, who once spat holy water in the middle of a church to be like Triple H and challenge, or Finn Balor, what is he's Finn? a demon. Oh, I guess I guess the demon could do that. But Vince McMahon actually challenged God to a match. No, he did not. You Why do I not remember this? It was Sean, that during the. Go ahead. It was Sean. It was is Vince and Shane McMahon versus Shawn Michaels and, and his partner God. And they made like a, they had a spotlight go to the ring, the whole deal. No, you, no, you're no way. Yes, there's a pay per view match. How do I know? Oh, that's because I probably couldn't afford it at the time. He did a whole. What year was this pay per view? It was early 2000. Yeah, Kale was still in in, in high school, college. Didn't uh, have the funds for that. It was great. It was the most offensive thing it could have been. I'd be calling in all the saints. He committed. He was so committed that's to it. That's blasphemy. But. but but let's talk about because I've been talking about it uh, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I want do you have any uh, reflections on, on Roddy Piper before we get started? Oh, man. I mean, the best. The best. The best. I mean, another icon. It's it's honestly. Yeah, it is weird that another one. And so young. Yeah, 61. To die of natural causes at 61 does not sound natural. It's pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. It's frightening. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, I've been talking about it a lot. I know you want to get into uh no, but I definitely another heartfelt moment for wrestling fans and they did a, in WWE in general. They did a good job. Well, let's let's move into talking about Raw this week. They did a good job with the uh, Piper tribute. Sure. Here's the only thing I have when it comes to the Piper tribute and Raw. Uh, the Miz is one of the most natural heels that you'll see anywhere. I mean, he gets booed. No matter what he does. And they tried to make him a good guy, and it did not work because people didn't accept him as a good guy. I wish – and I hear 
in memory, Roddy Piper was such a good bad guy because of his level of commitment. We were just talking about Vince McMahon's level of commitment in the church. Roddy Piper had that level of commitment where he did not want to be a bad guy wrestler. He wanted to be a guy that if you paid for a ticket, you wanted to kill him. You wanted to stab him like you hated him him Mm -hmm. um and i i feel like that's the level of commitment that it takes to be a real bad guy kevin owens has to have a huge level of commitment to being a bad guy because people want to cheer him so much uh miz having a hot rod t-shirt on and starting uh i don't know the miz pit or whatever it's called uh talking about piper and what how impactful he was before his segment on raw on monday I wish, and I feel like, to me, and I know we're different on this, to me there is no distasteful. And I know a lot of people differ from me on this because I thought I thought Bray, for instance, should have gotten should have gone way further with Roman Reigns' kid than yeah, he did. Yeah, you wanted an Amber Alert. And you and many people on Twitter disagreed with me. But if Miz was going to reference Roddy Piper at all, he could have left the Hot Rod shirt on the whole time, but he should have said something about being better than Roddy Piper. He should have said something... Just distasteful. You know, you, or don't you bring it up knew at I was going to completely disagree with you. Or don't bring it up at all. There's no reason the bad guy should be paying tribute. Here's to where Piper. why I disagree. Because Piper wouldn't do that. But there's a time and a place, and now you've crossed the line. It's like when Bob Backlund went out of turn at the funeral. Well, yeah, but that the, it, there's a time and a place. But you don't funeral, cut a promo at a funeral. I can't it's remember. It's like Vern Gagne's funeral or something like that. And yeah, you, you don't, don't cut a promo at, at a funeral. funeral. And I agree with you on that. But if the funeral is part of Monday Night Raw and it's like part of the show, I would have done it immediately. Because that's you. Yeah, it is me. Yeah, it is me. But I would have said, okay, I'm the Miz. I'm a bad guy. I'm not in between. People hate me. I'm going to give them a now, reason. You've taken to hate that from me. being bad guy to being tacky. Wrestling, it's pro wrestling. True. It's like it's a, it, it, it hangs posters up on the walls. It's so tacky. <laughs> How'd you like that? Last week when you weren't here, I said I'm so topical. I should be a lotion. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... I'm going to use that. Good, <laughs> good. <give> credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so tacky. It should be hanging posters up. It's pro wrestling. Okay? Oh, I see what you did yes, there. Yes, you got wow, there. Wow, slow clap, man. I mean, I'm I'm the greatest. But You're so smart. Just my opinion. Uh, beyond that, Miz thing, uh, I thought that segment was good. I'm actually, and I was, uh, I I was worried. I still don't like that the Kevin Owens, John Cena thing is theoretically over. But I'm into the Cesaro Kevin Owens thing, and it may actually be. I'll tell you this. Kevin Owens, what Kevin Owens did with John Cena, who really benefits from that whole feud, is Cesaro. Because it gave Kevin Owens all this credibility. And the fact that Cesaro is Kevin Owens' next good guy that he's going to have to face off against is making Cesaro look like a million bucks. Well, and I think for the first time in in a a while, I mean, you've been a longer Cesaro fan than I have. I think he does look like a million bucks. I think we've seen him showcase well, that's my his question. best yet. Great. That's my question for you. You're not a Cesaro fan. I wasn't. You Are you today? I'm not sure. Are you? Were you interested in the segment? Yes. Which is more than you could normally say about how you that's, feel about Cesaro's segment. That's segments. a true statement. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're right. I felt like that whole Miz thing was the most memorable part of Raw, the Cesaro Kevin Owens. And maybe that's because I'm such a stupid indie Ring of Honor internet fan, but I really enjoyed it. I didn't 
you know, it's just going to be a good feud. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a solid, solid match. It's going to be really I mean, good. Oh, you would, and the promos are going to be good. Uh, and and it, it's two guys that that know how to do this. You know, Daniel Bryan said something really interesting that I had never thought of when he was on the podcast last week. And he said he, to him, the reason so many Ring of Honor guys and indie guys excel in WWE is because. In WWE, you have to have these same matches with the same people over and over and over Ooh. again, and you have to figure out how to get the audience interested into it. Somebody who has never wrestled before is going to learn how to do it, but unless you've been in front of the same crowd night after night the way these Ring of Honor guys were, you don't necessarily know how to impress them. Ring of Honor guys have and, and other indie guys have so much experience wrestling in front of the same crowds and having to mix it up every night mm-hmm. and having to figure out new ways to impress them that Brian said that's why he thinks they're excelling. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Hmm. Uh, what did you think? Do you think that was better than uh, Neville Rollins? Neville Rollins is great. Because that was right. pretty solid too. I thought, I thought Rollins' promo to start Raw was really good. Yep. Um, I like the T-shirt. Although it is a Botchamania reference, I like the T-shirt, and uh, and I the like match the, was the, the match was incredible. Yeah, the, the the man that gravity forgot. Well, I'll tell you what else was forgotten. What? How to count to three? This is where I come to the timeline of trashing another ref. What ref was that? I don't even know. It doesn't matter what ref it was. He sucked. Was it the Asian guy? Yes. There's the one Asian referee. I think it was him. You know, I liked him too. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job. The operative word there, liked. That's that's the past tense. Yep. Yeah, there's an ED at the end of that. You got one job, dude. You have one job. It's to count to three. Right. And what happened? He screwed Neville. He did, didn't he? He he put up two red arrows. Yeah, and they did. And you know, every time he does a red arrow, I do one off my futon. Yeah, I know. So I'm hurting today. <laughs> yeah, you got to be. Pulled a hammy. Yeah, and you were traveling all day, dude. Yeah. Stuck in a little airport seat. Yeah. 30 hours. Jesus. And you you act you wonder why I'm mad. And then to come home and, and hit validated. two red arrows because some referee can't count. Did you think for a second that You want to work on shapes and colors yeah. tomorrow? <laughs> what the heck, man. 1 2 3. It's <laughs> the count. I saw what you did there. Yeah, I think there's an owl that sells lollipops that can help you. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. So good. A one, a two, two a three, three. 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 Um, did you think for a second Neville had just won the title? Yeah. And it was oh, like, I what was just happened? That guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, no, 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 just kidding. JK, JK. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people were upset about that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were upset about that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where... I guess the referees are trained because uh, Summer Rae told a story about getting disqualified from a match. The referees are trained that if they count the three without a kick out, that match is over. Like they, they want them calling the match as if it were a legitimate competition. But they must have been like, Neville is not supposed to win the, the, the World Heavyweight Championship tonight. Not happy. I, I would imagine that referee was not... Uh, was not uh, 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 treated well when he got backstage after that match. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. You shouldn't be rewarded for a bad job, we, should you? You should goog his name right now. We should continue to trash him for the rest of the state of wrestling. You love Neville, so you're very upset about I the way that I love Neville. Yeah. Yeah. The dude, guy, he does like a double backflip, lands on his feet, and then makes a cheeseburger. And yes. makes it look flawless. Yes. 
I am so on Neville. This like it doesn't get better. So smooth. Let me ask you a question. Oh, I just had my question, and then I was thinking. Then about you had Neville. a senior moment. Yeah, I did. I did because I want. It was a good one too. Oh, here's my question. Have you caught up on the Raw episode of Raw that you missed? Did you at least see the uh, John oh, Cena match? I'm caught up, dude. So you saw the Cena. answer wasn't the question. <laughs> it doesn't matter how far I am on the globe. Right, you'll see it. Carmen San Diego has technology here. So you saw that Cena got his nose plastered across his face. I'm almost embarrassed. I'm rebarrassed for you that you've thought that I didn't know that. <laughs> so let me ask you this, and I love that rebarrassed is a thing. Um, and it's catching on. Juan John Twenty One, who's my new Twitter BFF. By is that the way, right? I love talking to you guys on Twitter. I know you. you He's my new bestie. Yeah. Twitter pen pal. He also now uses the word rebarrass. It's catching on. It is catching. It's when you're embarrassed twice over. The whole, the linen doll lexicon is becoming a thing. <laughs> lexicon. <laughs> um, um, so, do you think there's a possibility? Mm-hmm. So Raw last week, and I guess I didn't talk about it last week because we didn't know what it would turn into. But this week we know. John Cena getting his nose broken has become a big part of this Rollins-Cena story. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because you can't ignore it. It was a real thing. True. Part of it is because it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because it got mainstream attention. I mean, it was in American newspapers. It was on t- It was on news TV. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all over the place. So, that said, that that happened. Do you think that the age-old question of blood... Because what happened in the match was... John Cena was being checked on by a referee, I mean a, a doctor, and he pushed the doctor out of the way and kept going, mm-hmm. which was a a, 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 a a call it in the ring moment. Like he made that – he decided to call it right there and he just did it. A lot of people would probably get in trouble for doing that. Cena probably did not. I don't know obviously. It wasn't there. But the age-old question, do you think that there's a possibility based on the success of – that spot, you know, call it what you will, the blood will be back. Blood is banned from WWE. Those guys are not allowed. You're not allowed to bleed. Do you think there's a possibility that they start bending the rules on that based on how much attention John Cena got? No. Why is that? I, it's out of the question. How so? I feel like even that a tenth of that would just wouldn't fly. They're like they do. It's like PG thirteen, man. They got to stay within some bounds. They do. But they really put I that- just think, too, that there's so much, and we're going to talk about this with, like, the injuries and Ryback and it, what have you. I think there's so much injury happening. Any yeah. more add to that column? That's true. It's a bad idea. It's a different not, it's time. It's putting a spotlight on a, on a- But they put the spotlight on it. Yeah, but I, it wasn't It wasn't supposed to happen. Right. It was just there's like- a differentiator. Now that we have this, let's just use it. So you don't think there's a possibility that they go- No one's going to use a razor on the forehead anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. Done blading. No, dude. But maybe they'll be a little less stringent about if it happens by accident. Because, I mean, literally they've stopped matches for bleeding in this era. I just totally disagree. It's the same the same reason why the Performance Center has so many ground rules for concussion and have, wearing yeah, helmets when true. they start. They're, they're, it's such a serious issue. I mean, not to be a total nerd, but like FCC would be on their ass in two seconds. Yeah, I mean... You don't, like, make a switch like that. No, and I don't think they'll make a switch, but I do think that there's a possibility that... that that's so touchy. If it accidentally happens, it accidentally and injuries, happens. Forget it, man. Yeah, I, I think I think there's, there, there is a possibility that they go a little more lax on things that happen by accident, so to speak. 
as opposed to like I don't think we'll go back to blading. I don't think that there'll be blood regularly. I don't think that's going to happen. You know what that reminds me of is But I uh, think I think I think the idea that that accidents will be like okay, mm-hmm. let's just roll with it could 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 happen based on the success of that. Yeah. It's possible. Speaking of injuries. Tell me. Ryback man. It's like the the, the Madden cover curse. The Intercontinental Championship is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, at first I thought it was the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania curse, but apparently that belt has some bad uh, mojo that follows it. Mojo Rowley. (laughs) That's right. Well, it stays hyped. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, So, yeah, I'm a little perplexed as to why they don't take the title off uh, Ryback. Maybe it's just because they don't want to – Weaken well, the I guess title. he's going to be back for SummerSlam. Rumor has it. Yeah. So what is there like this unspoken thirty-day rule? Not anymore. There used to be. It used to be a spoken thirty-day rule. Mm. But they kind of had to throw that out the window when they decided to put the title on a guy who only works part time. That's good because that's like NFL, where like you have no idea what the rules are until the rule happens. Right. Like I didn't know that until you just said it. You better yes. figure it out. I mean, it used to be President Jack Tunney would have to show <laughs> up and say, "No, no, no." It's been 30 days since the title was defended. Therefore, we are forced to vacate the Intercontinental title. Mm. But they had to kind of ignore that and throw it out the window after Brock won the world title because he's only contracted oh. to do how many days. He's not wrestling every 30 days. It's you make never going to happen. Go. Right. You know. Again, it's pro wrestling. It's tacky. You know right. what I mean? It's okay. Right. It's like lotion. Right. That's not. That's a different. Know, totally different. I mean, lotion is smooth. Same. It's not tacky same. at all. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that they don't want to vacate it because they want to keep Ryback strong because they don't want that title to consistently be. So vacated. then, who does Ryback oh, say he comes back for SummerSlam? Who's he face? I guess Miz. Miz is the one that keeps bringing um, him up. That is like weak sauce, like weak JR's barbecue sauce. Why? But that's not weak, so that sucked. A, a weak version of JR's yeah. barbecue so, so like watered down. Why? You don't like Miz? I just don't think that's a good card. I want the Miz to be the Intercontinental Champion, but everybody knows I'm a Miz fit. You are. Everybody knows I'm a fan of the Miz. I've been for quite some time. Um, yeah, I would guess that it'll work with the Miz. Who would you like to see Ryback in the ring with? Well, I'm, I, I've confused. I'm, I have a lot going on in my brain right now because I want to step back. First, my neurons fire way too fast. They do. I want to go back for a second because now I'm wondering how you segue. The whole Rollins-Neville thing was so great, right? Segue like Paul Blart. Go ahead. Yeah, like <laughs> like the EG way thing. Huh? Segway. Like go ahead. You don't spell it like <laughs> S-E-G, whatever. Go man. ahead. So, it's spelled the same. Go ahead. No, it doesn't. I don't know. Idiot. <laughs> um, how do you go from Neville, Neville to now probably Stardust, but there's a Stephen Stephen Amell Amell. Well, he's just like ringside or something. He could be a referee. That's just a huge, that you gotta make that happen now in two weeks. That's why I don't think he's gonna wrestle Stephen Amell. That's a lot to take on. Of course, Stephen Amell, the actor from Green Arrow, who Stardust has been aggressively campaigning aggressively. for a match with on Twitter and online and stuff like that. And Stephen Amell seems to be open to it. But wait, what? Why? What's the? Why do, are they friends or something? Stephen Amell is a wrestling fan. Stardust, you know, Cody is a comic book geek, and I think they just realized that. You know, Green Arrow is a superhero. Right. Stardust is being positioned, and this is why I love— Well, then he's definitely going to go against Neville because they have that comic book. That's I, But I think they screwed uh, Stephen Amell with that because originally it was the comic book hero was Stephen Amell versus the supervillain Stardust. 
But now they're like, no, 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 no. Stephen Amell's not a wrestler. So I think he'll probably end up being some kind of enforcer referee. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Something like that. That's cool. I think he'll be involved. I'll buy into that. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be Neville versus Stardust at SummerSlam, which I'm happy about. I'm cool with that. Definitely. Uh, and and I think it's cool that Stephen Amell gets involved. Although I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I interviewed Stephen Amell a while back. Uh-huh. First time I interviewed him, it was at a Comic Con, and it was quick. It was a stand up, you know, press junkie deal. And he mentioned we ended up talking about Hogan and The Rock, and I was like, oh, he's a wrestling fan. But I'm going to tell you something. I made sure a few months later when he was on a press tour, I said, get him in studio for me because mm. I want to talk to him about wrestling. This is mm-hmm. before the wrestling podcast. This is a few years ago. I hope this isn't a Melissa Joan Hart situation. It wasn't that bad. But he just brought up Hogan and The Rock again and didn't really want to talk about wrestling at that point. So I'm very suspicious, and I'm going to tell you this. Can we get him back on the show? If he is at SummerSlam, he's at in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to get an interview with this guy because I am the wrestling fan tester, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you were saying you were I a wrestling fan, I, I was ran like, my I was 40. Like, okay, Linden Doll, let's see if the Today Show puts you through this yeah. because I'm going to make sure you're not going to come around here claiming wrestling fan. And by the way, Katie Linendahl would not have been at WrestleMania had she not passed, passed that gauntlet with, with flying, flying colors. colors. Flying colors. Huge. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in that. What did you think? There's a couple of things I want to hit with you. Number and then we're going to hit the fact that we have a winner in the Tatanka <laughs> barbecue that. contest because I'm back. By the way, I did say on the podcast last week, if anybody can tell me two, somebody who's revolutionized wrestling twice the way Hulk Hogan did, I'd have Katie Linendahl buy you something. And, <laughs> and a couple responses I got. Did anyone win? No. Because nobody has revolutionized wrestling twice the way Hogan has. Paul Heyman did it once with ECW. He did not revolutionize wrestling with SmackDown. He was a writer. He did he did great you things. You almost... Oh, sorry. But he did not revolutionize twice. Vince McMahon doesn't count. He created what we know as pro wrestling. Um, and I somebody put, said... Uh, Eric CM, Bischoff in a third spot. How did he do it twice, though? Oh, not twice. Sorry. Twice. Sorry. Twice. Hogan did it twice. Hulkamania and then the NWO. Nobody revolutionized it twice. Nobody else did that. So, no, Katie, you do not have to buy anybody anything. I was right. That Thanks was for, the point. Thanks for um, you know, passing me off while I wasn't here to buy people presents. That's what I do. That's what I do, though. I, I'm a present buyer. I like, I like prizes. So, number one. Yeah. I was watching Paige's interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. It's okay if you didn't. Yeah, paid time off. Uh, but Paige said that she wanted to turn the Divas title into the Women's Championship. Oh, but then you've been calling for that. Then kind of double-backed on it as if she had said something that was taboo, meaning Diva is the word we use in WWE. It's got to happen. Women's Championship. I don't it's know what's worse division. now. The word Diva or the words sorority... Yes. What is it? I don't know, but I know what you're no, talking dude, about. Look that up. I'm not going to look it up. I know what you're talking about, Do you about, have though. to be in the sorority club? Do you have to like memorize the whole Greek alphabet and wear your letters on Tuesday <laughs> on the quad? <laughs> What's my, up? My other thing that okay, I wanted point to raise made, with you. Check. Yes. Is, yes, they have to make it the women's oh, I know what you're going to say. I know. Was I bet this, you don't. Was this a point about Paige? No. Uh, was it about, okay, it was something totally different? Totally different. Because it's on my list, too. What is? And I'm just guessing because we have kind of a tele- telepathy thing going. Yes. Um, were we're you like gonna, twins. Mm-hmm, were you going to talk about Bigfoot being spotted in TNA? <laughs> no, but I did see that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was on my breaking – that was on my short list. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, look, I've heard that the TNA – I saw Bigfoot being spotted <laughs> in TNA. Do you remember? Do you remember when you and I were complaining about the TNA pay-per-view? 
mm-hmm. and how it sucked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, if I was running a pay-per-view and it was only twice a year, I'm bringing out all the cards. I'm bringing out an alien, yeah. a unicorn, <laughs> yeah. Bigfoot, and look what happens. Somebody's listening. Some we're, We got power. We got huge amounts of power. From what I Us. heard, TNA is doing okay. From what I've heard, the cancellation is not imminent, meaning the cancellation everybody thought was going to happen in September may not happen. And... Everybody had a great time. So it's like a breakup and then you don't break up? Right. They that's were like, stupid. Well, they, they were kind of like, well, remember the good times, though? Well, but that's like... Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. But... Who wants to be in that position? Apparently, they're, they're, they could stay on TV. And the last set of tapings, I guess, went very, very well. Everybody was really happy. So. Dude, Bigfoot was there. Not Big, said. And Bigfoot was there. My question was, I don't know if you saw this while you were gone. Of course, Ronda Rousey wins uh, at UFC. Huge. Of course, uh, she shouts out uh, the Hot Rod Roddy Roddy Piper thing. But before that show, Dana White was on Twitter. Yes. Somebody tweets him and says, why are your pay-per-views $59.99? It's too expensive. WWE Network's only $9.99. And Dana White made a crack about uh, uh, that he wouldn't pay $59.99 for WWE because it's fake. I'm paraphrasing, but he, he used the fake word. It got wrestling fans all up in a tizzy. Where are you at with the fake word? I just think it's annoying. Like, it actually happened to me this morning. I was in the studio doing media hits, and somebody was like, no, I, I was like, hey, you, there was three dudes on the camera crew. I'm going to make a point in three sentences. Three dudes on the camera crew, and I'm like, hey, you guys going to go to SummerSlam? And the one camera guy was like, who's playing? And I was like, uh... Rollins Cena? Like, Lesnar Undertaker? Idiot. <laughs> and then it's like, he's like, yeah, I used to, and then I was like, it's like wrestling, man. And he's like, oh, I used to watch it, but it's fake. And I was like, it's just so, like, it's just annoying. It's you know like, what you should have said? Dumb. This is why talent doesn't interact with you. <laughs> what I did say, I was like, dude, I'd like to see you do a couple double backflips off the top rope. Yeah. And land through a table. Yeah. And then hit me back and tell me if it's fake. The thing about the fake word that bothers me. It's, it's just overplayed. It's stupid. It's stupid, and it implies something. Even beyond, okay, they really get hurt. Okay, you know, it's athletic. Okay, blah, blah, blah. The implication behind fake is that it is pretending to be something that it is not. And in 2015, it is not pretending to be something it isn't. It's actually – it's, it's, it's like less – than ever. It's, ever. It's, it's very open as to what it is. It's very – it's called World Wrestling Entertainment. Like it's, the fact that wrestling is uh, predetermined, the results are predetermined, has been established. We could have this discussion in 1984 if you want, but it is 30 years later. But I would also add some clout to the fact that I feel like now it, it's entered into an era where – the universe has more of a voice than ever in controlling the storyline. Yeah. So throw that out of the fake column. My problem was this. Dana White goes on, and he says what he's going to say, whatever. But you can't go on TV, say wrestling's fake, put on a boring three-hour paper, or four-hour pay-per-view, because pay-per-view was horrendous, the UFC pay-per-view. The Ronda Rousey fight was 34 incredible. 34 seconds. But. Or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was 34 seconds. But every fight leading to it, first of all, it took four hours. It was a four-hour show. It took over three hours to get to that fight. All judges' decisions, boring fights. But more so, the entire time they're going UFC, brought to you by Straight Outta Compton, in theaters, August, whatever. And I'm sitting there going, don't you know that the movie Straight Outta Compton is fake? 
Like, don't you? You're, you're sitting here. Couldn't I turn around and say this movie that everybody's being like, yeah, this UFC is brought to you by this movie? Okay, well, the movie's fake. So if you're going to sit there and, th- and and it's something that people never that that's a connection that gets lost for some reason amongst people that don't watch wrestling. People that watch wrestling watch wrestling the way they do a TV show, except they're a little more involved because these people are legitimately putting their bodies on the line. There, but there, there's no. Uh, they, I'm going to stop you there though, because I don't. Wrestlers are putting their bodies on the line. That's Look what at I mean. all the injuries right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're oh, putting, okay, like, you're on people, the same side. Yeah, wrestlers are legitimately putting yes. their bodies on the line. Whereas nobody sits there and goes, you see. Daily. Right. How many days are they wrestling? A year. How many right. days off, rather? But nobody sits there and goes, yeah, The Sopranos is a great TV show, but. It's fake. Yeah, they're like, what happened to Tony Soprano at the end of The Sopranos? Nothing. They stopped rolling the cameras. It's fake. What are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah, Breaking Bad was fine, but that's the same guy who did. Malcolm in the Middle. That's fake. That's 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 not that's not a drug dealer, and so that sort of connection is lost. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't know why that is. I see your point. It's the same thing. I think the the, the bigger question. It reminds me of the Pacquiao fight. I mean, what that was like one hundred and ten bucks. Yeah, it was horrendous. It was all boring up until then, and then that was boring too. And the fight itself was terrible. So it's really a, a cost issue. And I actually think a, a, a really strong case for the future of TV and, and cable is made with the WWE Network. Like I would that. argue that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing can be argued. Listen, I think we're just about out of time. Oh, gosh. Uh, you want to announce the winners? Yeah. Tatanka winners? Tatanka, <laughs> Tatanka barbecue sauce winners, which finally got acknowledged by Tatanka. Oh, of course it did. But he loved the fact that we were sending weird hashtags his way. We got two winners. Yes. Um, the first winner in the Tonka Barbecue, Tonka Loves Barbecue contest <laughs> is John Costas, Cleveland Cause, on Twitter. He says, smoking a buffalo tri-tip in honor of native Tonka, hook me up, Katie, and then posted a picture of his smoked barbecue. Like, that took an extra step. That's perfect. You know, he went the extra mile. And then the second and the final winner of the Tonka Loves Barbecue contest is Jorge Martinez. His Twitter handle is jmart 38 and he says, Tatakalo's barbecue sauce on his birthday cake. <laughs> still, because, and then hashtag. It sounds good. Yeah. Hashtag still celebrating Tatanka's birthday, as we all are. There it is. We'll get your information from you on Twitter if you won. Isn't that like the French national anthem or something? Oh, no, man. It just came to me. It's like the can-can. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to know is that Bigfoot was spotted. That's right. At TNA. I can't believe you're gone and Hulk Hogan becomes racist and John Cena breaks his nose. This is what happens when you leave the country. And Bigfoot was spotted. And Bigfoot gets spotted. Katie Linendahl, always such a joy having you here with me. Uh, Nobody I'd rather have. Forever your hype girl. That's right. That's right. And we'll see you. uh, Now, you can follow Katie Linendahl, by the way. She's a visionary and an expert and a... Uh, an amazing media personality. You can follow her adventures at Katie Linendahl on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Katie Linendahl, L-I-N-E-N-D-O-L-L. And, of course, you know where to find me. It's not Sam everywhere. Not Sam everything, son. Not Sam. Not Sam indeed. We will see you uh, next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Chowski. <laughs> so much emphasis on that one. Yeah. It's the Red Bull kicked in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.